Back in my hedge fund days, one of my biggest discoveries and frustrations was actually in the name itself, the fact that I needed to hedge my positions. So if I liked a certain industry, I couldn't just buy and go along the stocks in the industry. I had to also find a matching short that I liked and do a market neutral long short position. In retrospect, that might have been nice for risk models and quantitative portfolios, but it wasn't the style that my team excelled at. Uh, we were more thematic investors, like I like this general theme and I don't really know who exactly is going to win. I'm just going to bet on all of them and one of them is just going to have outsized returns. And we would quite often be wrong on our shorts and versus our longs. So we would be positive on industry and right on that, but we would pick the wrong short and lose money on something that we should be right on. So... I think the hack that we missed was actually just having an actively managed ETF where you could just be thematically long on things and that's perfectly fine and within your mandate. And that's something that the ARK family of funds has figured out. So I was very excited to listen to this podcast and I'll let Joe and Tracy from the Odd Lots podcast uh, explain their performance. It's really insane. So have a listen. For the first time in a long time, there is currently a fund manager, a stock picker who has amassed an incredible track record, an incredible following. And of course, we're talking about Kathy Wood. She is the CEO and chief investment officer of ARK Invest. And there is this total fascination with ARK and this family of actively traded ETFs that have just done a phenomenally well in terms of returns, but also ex attracted an extraordinary amount of investor cash in the last couple of years. I mean, I'm looking at their performance. They have, you know, five different thematic portfolios alone that have basically doubled over the past year, which is pretty amazing. If you think about it, it's amazing enough for just one stock to double in price like that and in just the space of 12 months. But to do it across multiple ETFs is really remarkable. So their performance truly has been remarkable. Over 2020, they're up 150%. Uh, but then also since uh, the last five years, they're up a compound 45% a year every year. Um, so some really amazing numbers. But obviously, I think the numbers aside, I'm more interested in process. And they actually got to this in the interview. And it's a theory of general purpose technologies, which I just had never heard of. And I just find it absolutely fascinating because if you can use this to pick sectors and industries, then those are mega trends that you can bet on for the long term, not just in stocks, but you can also build a business and a career around these long term trends. So let's have a listen. You know, you mentioned the big picture um, technology families that you start with. So you have this like uh, top down approach to uh, figuring out the big areas. Genomics is one. Robotics. How did you come up with those? I mean, what is there? Is there a methodological process for figuring out and planning a flag on the ground and saying, okay, this is going to be really big? Yeah, so they all have to, uh, and, and so I alluded to it, but there's this theory called general purpose technology theory, yeah. where it's like these academics have agreed upon what the criteria are for really meaningful technologies. They all have steep cost declines, they all cut across sectors, and they're all themselves platforms of innovation. Uh, and so we try to apply that framework to the technologies that we're interested in. We think there are five fundamental technology platforms that are all entering the economic marketplace today, uh, gene sequencing and editing, AI and particularly neural nets, robots, particularly collaborative robots, energy storage and the advances in battery technology, and then blockchain cryptocurrency. And so we believe that yeah, future historians will look back and, and identify all of those as big technological buckets 
But, you know, within taxonomies, there are always weaknesses, right? And you could draw the lines in a slightly different area. So we tried to look back and see, like, what technologies did historians agree upon were these uh, general purpose technology platforms over time. And there's not consensus at even looking backwards. So, of course, there's not consensus today. What are the major technology platforms? But I I think it's a... So the other... um, from those five technology platforms, there are also, we have 14 underlying technologies that are discreetly modelable, where we have a good understanding of the cost decline of kind of how it cuts across sectors and, and the equity market cap accrual that we expect those technologies to achieve over time. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in getting really dirt simple with your assumptions of things so that you can tell if they make sense. So it's it's kind of like, you know, what what are robots going to be worth? Well, what if we start out and say, what about every manual laborer employee in the world? And we say, well, we're going to supplement this person with a $10,000 tool that's a robot. Like, what would that market be worth? What would be the cash flow accrual to the robot manufacturers in that instance? And then so how much would you assume uh, is occupied in terms of enterprise value by the companies that are catering to that economic opportunity? Uh, and, and, And so if you do kind of that, you know, very high level assumptions about the technologies that we track, you would assume that uh, there's going to be $50 trillion in market cap accrual to our technologies over the next decade. 